will, bow your heads with me. Dear God, we come to you now, and we just ask that you just speak directly to our hearts, our minds, and our souls, dear Lord, and uh, reveal to us the, the message that you have prepared for us, and just allow us to hear it, and then to be able to go out and live it. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So I'm going to close out the book of Galatians. We've gone through it, all six chapters, and um, just to kind of put us on, on footing here, um, this has, been a, this has been a book where um, he has, Paul has written to the, to the church in Galatia, and they, it was one that he founded and set on a, on a solid um, theological foundation. But since then, um, there's been some outside influences come in and have um, swayed them away from the truth, and there are some differences that have come in, and now we have um, divisions and um, we are, we have uh, it's like the the Gentiles and the and we also have the people who were born Jews and the Jews are demanding that the Gentiles become circumcised and that is putting them back into the law and there's all kinds of uh, reasons and and things that come up and and why they would do this and we've looked at that and, and we've challenged all those things not only here but in our hearts and our personal lives and what that means today and and we've looked at it from a you know from a societal standpoint on how there's so much noise going on and so much misinformation on all sides and how it's so easy to uh, become distracted from what we're supposed to do not only as families and individuals but also as a church and so um, this is a very um, time-fitting book it it I would encourage you to go back and read it on your own and pray about it so that you can um, discern what God has revealed, what he wants to reveal to you as you read this book. And there's a, there's a lot of, um, a lot of uh, biblical teaching here, things to apply to your lives and um, biblical law there. So um, it's just a, it, it's, it's a good book. It was written almost in anger when he starts. And we've gotten to the point to where he's now starting to uh, get a, you know, a little bit more kinder as he closes it out. And he gets um, in, in kind of in a personal way here. And he's letting them know, okay, because most of the time what they would do is they would um, tell their letter to a scribe or to a, a secretary who would write for them as they spoke. But at this point, he either takes the pen from the scribe or this is one that he's written on his own hand, and the idea is that Paul suffered with eye, bad eyesight in his later years. He um, speaks about a thorn, a thorn in his flesh, never reveals what that is. A lot of people kind of connect that to his eyesight. We don't know. Um, I'm knocking on 50, and it's like the day I turned 40, like three hours later I went blind. I don't know what happened. And, you know, I'm sure 50 would be the same way, okay? And your hearing goes or what, I don't know what's next. Your memory, um, can't remember what goes next. So anyways, just as, as you age. So, he, you know, and, and you got to remember he's been stoned. Paul's been stoned. They thought he was dead. He crawled out of the rubble and went and preached. I mean, he's shipwrecked. You know, he's probably probably suffering with some, some age and, and, you know, all the things that, his body has been put through. So he wants them to know, though, and I'm making a point here, okay? 
He wants them to know that either the whole letter or this section is coming, this letter's coming from him. And it's coming from what God has placed on his heart. And this is, uh, this is not, you know, a third-party letter. This is him talking to a church that he founded. All right, so this is almost like speaking to a child out of love. And sometimes you have to correct a child. Sometimes you have to be, um, you know, you have to be stern with them. And, and, you know, then there's the time to be loving with them. So this, so you're seeing this in Paul. And he tells them, see with, and I can't see either. So, because, and I apologize, this TV's on Hulu for some reason. So it says, see with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. All right, so there, in verse 11, he, he says, I want you to know that I'm writing this with my own hand. You know, it's not a big deal, Aaron. It, it is a big deal. And here's, here's what I want us to walk away with today about this, is that you can never replicate a personal touch. All right? And the secret that I know about, uh, you know, other than Jesus Christ, you know, changes people and all that. But if you, after almost 12 years, if you want to grow a church, it's not rocket scientists. And I'm thankful that it's not, or else I, I couldn't be involved whatsoever. But you have to replicate what Jesus Christ did. And if you read in some of the most monumental moments that Jesus Christ has with people, it's over food. It's over breaking bread. And that is because that is where people let down their guard, they get comfortable, they get some food in their belly, you know, and you can have that personal conversation, all right? And we've talked about this in, in deacons meetings, me and Javier discussed this stuff, you know, up here, what we say is vitally important, of course it is, all right? But if you really want to change people's lives, it's the one-on-ones. It's when you sit down with families and talk to them, when they can ask questions, have a discussion, all right? When they can look you in your eyes, you can look them in the eyes, and you can see, I'm telling you, a personal touch is a key to a healthy family in a healthy church in a healthy community. And we live in a society where that has kind of been pulled away, where now we do it through don't raise your hand, all right? But how many would rather text and get a phone call? Kelly raised his hand. <laughs> that's pure honesty from a lawyer right there now. All right. And, I mean, that's just kind of where we are. Like, why would you call me when you can text me? And that's kind of where we are. And we've kind of removed, removed the human touch. And, and I'm imploring to you as your pastor, um, make sure that you guys have personal time in your own lives one-on-one -on -one with Jesus Christ. You've got to have that. You've got to have personal time with God. You've got to have it. You've got to read your Bible. You've got to pray. You've you got to let him talk to you. You've got to have that. And then we have to get back to where we are spending time, and I'm talking about quality time, with family. And we had Christmas with the berries last night, and we started telling stories, and it was just, just wonderful. 
kids didn't have their phones out. They were kind of listening to us and laughing. And it's just, we need to get back to that stuff. And, and I've told you this before. If you really want to change the health in your family, eat together every chance you get. I get it. There's ball games and all that stuff going on. I get it. But when you can, eat together. And I don't know why it helps, but it does. And it brings you closer together. Don't let them go off to their rooms. Don't sit in front of the TV. Okay? Ariane is like a hawk. Jake is down there, and he thinks he's being so coy. He's down there doing this. You know, and Ariane just put that phone up. You know, she catches him every time. But this is, this is a vital point here. And I'm telling you that if you, can, if you can make a personal touch, bring back the human factor into our lives, then you'll start seeing relationships get healthier. You'll see the health level in your family rise, okay? And if you don't, you don't think it's true, just test it out, okay? Test it out. So there's that point. And then it says, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised. So... Then he moves on kind of to the, to the root of what a lot of the problem is, and that is that, and especially, and I'll, I'll keep hammering on the social media today, because especially, we live in a society where we project it on Facebook, and we want everybody to know how happy we are and what perfect lives we live on Facebook, but if you dig past all that stuff, sometimes it's not so good. Of course it's not not as good as on Facebook. We're all human, and, you know, and we disagree and, you know, say the wrong thing, and the timing's all wrong, so that's going to happen, all right? But here is what the point is being made here, is that there is this system when this letter was written to where you could get a Jewish exception. So you did not have to pray to the Roman gods and all that stuff. You get a Jewish exception, and in order to do that, though, you had to be a Jew. So now you're bringing in these Gentiles, and they're basically claiming a Jewish exception. All right? But they weren't actually Jews in the flesh. You understand what's going on there? And so now you had these people who were getting worried that they were going to get persecuted because we had these Gentiles come in, and they're not authentically Jews, and you can't prove it. You know, So am I going to start, you know, is your baggage is going to start hurting me. Now you get to where what goes on in society because, you know, I don't really care about your problems unless your problems start causing me problems. Now it's a problem for everybody and we got to solve this problem. And this is where we are. And what he says is that the reason we do this is that we want to make a good showing in the flesh. We don't really care anymore if there's actual problems. As long as it looks good, it's okay. And that is, sounds like madness when you say it, but sometimes we're actually out there living it to where, hey, just stay quiet, you know, everything will be okay. As long as it looks good, we're good. We may be broken and rotten to the core here or whatever, but as long as it looks good, it's okay. And that's not, that's not okay. And that is catching up with us as a society. It's catching, us, catching up with us as an overall church, is that there have been some things going on that are wrong and yet we just want to make a good show and gloss it over, make sure that everything is shiny and pretty, all right? And, then it, and that's what he's saying here is that a lot of the stuff that's going on here is just for show. And, it's, and what they're saying is they don't want to actually be persecuted. 
and we claim as Christians that we want to be persecuted because that would mean that we're true Christians, and then our lives would reflect Jesus Christ in his life, but then when it actually means that we're going to be persecuted, now we got a different opinion about that stuff. And if your troubles, if your persecution is going to start bleeding into my persecution, then I need to exit myself from you. Here's, here's, here's how he solves this thing. Here's the truth of it. It says, for not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. So here is the problem, is that we have a world that is boasting, and it's boasting about me, 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 look what I accomplished, let me project it on social media, let me show you everything I can do, and that is the absolute wrong attitude to have with Christianity, because what Christianity says is, I am, and we just sang a whole song about it, it says, I am nothing without Jesus Christ, and everything I am is because of Jesus Christ. And if you boast in any other way, then you're taking credit away from Jesus Christ. And the troubles that come to you, we should boast in them because that means that we're Christian enough to be persecuted and persecuted in honor of Jesus Christ. So we should accept our persecution as a blessing. Now that sounds like madness, but that is what we're supposed to do. And then... He says, don't ever boast about anything because the only thing that we're supposed to boast of is that we have been saved by Jesus Christ and he is our savior. So a lot of times what we do is we get this selfish attitude and we want Jesus to come to us. It's like, all right, you sold me. I want to be a Christian. I want to sign up for your church, you know, and all that, but you know, I want it to be on my terms. Have you ever had to end anything that wasn't on your terms? Still bothers you, doesn't it? Still eats at you. We like to end things on our terms. We get closure. You ever watch a movie and they didn't close out what you thought they were supposed to close out? Do you like that movie? No. You hate that movie because there's no closure. We like closure and we like it on our own terms. And a lot of times what we do is we demand that Jesus Christ comes to us. And, you know, I, I'm this, and Jesus, you got to accept me. Well, here's the truth of the matter is that we are broken. Without Jesus Christ, we're nothing, and we're to come to him. And we are, when we come to him, we are to die to ourselves. We no longer live for ourselves. We live for the mission and the service and the glory of Jesus Christ. So ask yourselves this, as we move into this new year, you know, where, where are you in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Okay, are you praying, use me more? Are you praying, I'm here, put more, put more opportunities in front of me? Or are we praying that we can stay, you know, protected and hidden and, and you know, continue to, to receive blessings, but not have to really go out and, and serve and and turn those blessings around into blessings for others, all right? And that is what he, the point he is making here is that there's a lot of people that are leading a lot of people, but they're not doing it for the right reasons. Let's just get it in our heads. Let's just make sure that everything Star Church does, everything that Star Church does 
is for the glory of Jesus Christ. Can I get your agreement on that? If we hold a, another hee-haw or whatever you call it, Opry, okay, make sure that Jesus Christ gets the glory. If we have a deal where we bring in kids or whatever, Jesus Christ gets the glory. We do it, everything here for the glory of Jesus Christ. And here is the other thing, is that we need to be able to accept that there will be persecution in this life. And that doesn't mean that the world is turned against us. The world can't understand us is what it is. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the light will come and the dark will not understand it. Okay? The wisdom that we use in our ways of life, there's going to be a hundred philosophies out there that disagree with it. And your friends are going to give you advice. If it's not found in the Bible, don't use it. Okay? We build our lives here upon the Bible and Jesus Christ gets the glory. It says here that, but God forbid that I should boast... We talked about that. Christ be crucified to me, not to the world. For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And there is, there is the bottom line. You have to be changed. We are a new creation with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit living in us. And ask yourself this, okay, ask yourself this. Because we, we say this a lot here, that the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you're supposed to do? Pray the prayer of emptying. Say, less of me, the Holy Spirit's in there, take over, guide and direct me, fuel me for the day. Let's just get down to it, okay? Ask yourself just a hard question. Do you do that every morning? That's something you do every morning? Ask yourself this question, okay? When the Holy Spirit is guiding and directing you, and it goes against what's popular, and there may be some people that look at you in a different way, do we go with what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do? Or even this might be a tougher question. When the Holy Spirit's guiding and directing you to do something and you don't want to do it. Where do you land? You've got someone in your life that you got sideways with, they wronged you. Holy Spirit's asking you, it's time to get this off your chest, get this off your conscience, get this out of your soul, get this darkness out of your soul, forgive them. Truly forgive them. It's hard to do. Sometimes it's easier to flex than it is to love. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes it's easier to protest than to be persecuted. See, the world gets it backwards. Sometimes we're asked to do things and it seems like it's the weak way out. <laughs> it takes more strength to do the things that the Holy Spirit's going to ask you to do than just to roll with the way society's pushing you to be. And that is why we have you rely on the Holy Spirit to do those things. 
because you and I can't do them on our own. We don't do humanism here. We don't try to make ourselves a better human. Okay? I, I don't want Ariane to know this, but this is as good as it's ever going to get. <laughs> it's only going down from here. All right? So, I can't make myself a better human. But I can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then one day, I'm going to receive a new body when I go to heaven. And I hope I have jet black hair. I'm going to slick it back. None of you are going to know who I am in heaven. <laughs> Did Aaron not make it? I'm here. <laughs> Won't it be wonderful to be... When your family's got together and the faces of past that aren't there anymore that we've had to say goodbye to, it's going to be wonderful when we can all be together again. No more pain, no more sorrow. Just love forever. Amen. This is a tough book. This is one that exposes our weaknesses, exposes our wrongs. It exposes the things that we continually do. We get into the habits of doing, and we almost can't break them. And we can't do it. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit as guiding and directing us. And this is, this is one where, you know, this is a situation where there's nationalism, um, prejudice, all kinds of stuff going on. And there was deep division that was starting to occur here. And, you know, it could really fracture this church. Let's make a vow. Let's live up to what we're called to do here. And, and I'm telling you, anytime you get a collection of people, you're going to have different opinions, different viewpoints. And we may all believe the same things, but some of it's shaded in a different way. And there's exceptions that we all have and stuff. I get it. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm asking you, and I'm asking myself, that we have to be united, and united in one cause. And that is Jesus Christ is the King of Kings. He's the only way to get to heaven. And without him, you're living a life that is already dead. There's no life without Jesus Christ. And we're going to go out and proclaim the gospel. And whatever this world throws at us, we're going to roll with it. We're going to take the punches and keep moving forward. And we are going to proclaim that Jesus Christ is salvation and he is the Son of God. And we're going to do it with love, service, sacrifice, and spiritual. Thank you for tuning in to Star Church's Sermon. We truly hope that the sermon edified you today and brought you closer to the Lord. For more information about Star Church, visit our website at stargbchurch.com. Once again, that's stargbchurch.com. If you would like to visit our church, our address is 4925 State Road 142, El Dorado, Illinois 62930. 
We now pray that God will bless you as you enter the mission field and bring his word to the world. And as always, we will see you next time here at Star Church. Thank you.